Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach About Life on the Other Side. And you can get that book at our website, neardeathexperiencepodcast.org, and you can also access all of our old episodes there. Today we're going to share the experience of Vivian from enderf.org. Vivian says, in July of 1983, I was in University Hospital in Augusta, Georgia, after being admitted with a diagnosis of onset of multiple sclerosis. This was later ruled out, and it was decided that I had an illness called Sydenham's chorea, which older folks among us will also know as St. Vitus Dance, a disease common in the early half of the 1900s. It had actually started many years ago with a case of strep throat left untreated, preceded by or preceded to rheumatic fever, which I didn't recognize at the time it happened, then to the neurological problems. At any rate, I was in the hospital with the, the wonderful doctors trying to figure out exactly what was wrong with me. I was extremely upset and stressed over the verge of panic to even be there. I had an 18-month-old baby who was staying with friends while I was ill, and I missed her terribly. My roommate was in a coma. I strongly felt that I wasn't sick enough to be taking up a bed in, with someone else probably needed it. I wanted to go home. The problem with that was that I couldn't hold my own child or take care of my own needs because I couldn't control my arms and legs which never stopped me from driving the nursing staff crazy by continually attempting to get out of bed without assistance. On one of these occasions, I guess I lost consciousness when I got out of bed and stood up. All I know is that suddenly I was in a very long, dark tunnel, moving very rapidly toward a very large, bright light that radiated love. I could hear beautiful, high-pitched wind chimes, and I could hear angels singing, legions of angels. They were singing the doxology. The light was Christ, and I was fully aware of that at the time. I experienced a life review in the tunnel, which showed me experiences in my life where I had expressed unconditional love and given toward others. And they were things I had done that were seemingly so small and inconsequential at the time that they were forgotten. Then all of a sudden, I was hurled backwards, as if pulled by a giant rope. I closed my eyes and heard a woman calling my name over and over. When I opened my eyes, it was a nurse, and I was lying on the floor. Apparently, I had fainted. They got me up and helped me to the bed, but the person who, had, who they helped up was not the same person who fell there in many, many ways. I never told anyone what happened until two years later because I didn't understand myself what had happened. People closest to me accepted what had happened to me wholeheartedly because there was nothing else that could explain the extent of change that occurred in me over the two years between when this happened and when I, finally emboldened by the information in Moody's book, shared it with them. 
that is the end of Vivian's experience. Wow. So uh, she has this this uh, neurological disease or disorder that takes place. Maybe so she couldn't control herself. She falls down, and then she finds herself moving through a very long, dark tunnel toward a light. She says, I... I could hear beautiful high-pitched wind chimes. That's not the first time I've heard of wind chimes in near-death experiences. In fact, it's not the tenth time. This is very common for people to say it sounded like chimes. But uh, some who give a little more detail, and perhaps it's different for different people, describe it as, as if, you know, imagine that you had a recording of a wind chime uh, being hit, okay, that rings out for a long time. But you have the volume all the way down, then the strike takes place, and then you turn the volume up. That's not their wording, but it sounds like, you know, they, they describe it as being wind chimes that had been hit before I got here, something to that effect. So, like this ringing sound, um, apparently pleasant, because most people don't describe wind chimes as a buzz or, or you know, a tinny sound or, you know, tinnitus or whatever. But uh, she says these, she could hear wind chimes, and she could hear angels singing. There were legions of angels, and they were singing the doxology. Now, there may be different versions of the doxology, but the one I'm familiar with is the song, Praise God from Whom All Blessings Flow, if that gives any context. And then Vivian states emphatically that the light was Christ, because she says, I was fully aware of that at the time. Well, that's interesting to me for a couple of reasons. One, um, sometimes in I, in religious tradition for sure, but sometimes even in these near-death experiences, the light is often identified as God and Christ being the embodiment of him that many people see. Or perhaps they will see the light as God and then Christ as a separate individual who has a bodily spiritual form. And uh, this is interesting because it seems that she's suggesting that the light itself is Christ, which kind of fits a lot of traditions and so forth. Whether this is, you know, how that plays out and what the mechanics of this are is obviously unclear. We don't know, but, but I, I just find that interesting that she identifies the light as being Christ. And she says, I experienced a life review in the tunnel, which showed me experiences of my life where I had expressed unconditional love and giving towards others. And this is interesting. She says, and they were things I had done that seemed that were seemingly so small and inconsequential at the time that they were forgotten. Now I find that interesting for a couple of reasons. First off, I suspect she says she has a child, so she's probably done many things over the course of her life that she felt were unconditional love. But I'm left to wonder if the points at which we are showing genuine, true, unconditional love are the times when there really is genuinely no strings attached. Now, I'm not one to to have a problem with the idea of doing acts of love in order to get to heaven. Because let's face it, you know, the uh, even the most, you know, altruistic things that we do we do have the motive of wanting to be a good person and wanting to be the kind of person that would do that. So it's not entirely 
100% selfless in the sense of, of being, you know, I'm not even thinking of myself in one bit whatsoever as I do this act of service. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with people doing things both to show love and for the reward of it in the sense that I think any time that we act in love, whether to ourselves or to other people, it's all acts of love and therefore builds in the uh, on the love that is within us. If you're doing a service because it makes you feel good, selfish side, and because it does good for others, selfless side, both are acts of love. You're doing it because you love yourself and you're doing it because you love others. But I'm left to wonder if what she's talking about, these situations that were seemingly so small and inconsequential that she'd forgotten them, were maybe times when she had genuinely acted without one ounce of regard for her own uh, interests or whatever. I don't know. I, that's just a thought. That's just a thought. I... Again, I don't think there's anything wrong with serving um, others, you know, genuinely serving others uh, with the intent of showing love when there's still, you know, some small bits of self-love involved in it. I think that self-love contributes to the whole. I don't think that's a bad thing. But I am left to wonder if the truly unconditional loving moments are ones maybe where the self is at least mostly, completely forgotten. Because, and, and, and this is uh, suggested by the fact that we don't always remember them. If you thought it was so unconditional, wouldn't you likely remember that? If you, if you thought that your act of love towards someone, even just stopping to help somebody across the street or whatever, uh, was such an act of love as to be genuinely unconditional love. You'd likely remember that because of that fact. But the fact that you f they forgot it, probably within a day or two, completely forgot about it, maybe in uh, a testament to the idea that they really didn't have self in mind. And when they moved on, they forgot about it because um, they weren't trying to remember their incredible act, so to speak. Anyway, just a thought about that. Um, and then she's thrust back to her body. That uh, is probably the hardest part of the experience for her. But when she comes back, she says, the person who stood up from the floor is not the same person who fell to the floor. I have changed so much, is what she's basically saying. And and my family can attest to that so, so entirely that they actually believe her experience because they say, yeah, I mean, your, your personality is different. And, you know, people may ask, well, how could you be a different person? I don't think it's that you have a different spirit, but I think the experience has such an effect, is so profoundly impacting your life that you won't be the same. And there's no way you can go back to being who you were before such an experience. That's not the case with everyone, but with some people very much it is. In fact, more often than not from what I can see. And in Vivian's case, that turned out to be so. Anyway, if you would like to contact the podcast, either to share your own experience, 
to ask a question or to just share a comment, you can do so by emailing neardeathexperiencepodcast at gmail.com or by calling 970-NDE-CAST. You can also support the podcast by purchasing my book, Life in the Spirit World, or you can support the podcast by becoming an ongoing monthly contributor by going to patreon.com slash ndecast and you will get there an additional weekly episode of the show in addition to any past extra episodes that have been put out for Patreon contributors. So once again, thank you all of you so much again for listening. (laughs) 